Today is Friday, September 11th, 2020. On this day in 1776, three representatives of the Continental Congress met with British Admiral Richard Howe in Staten Island, New York. They hoped to broker a peace treaty that might save the colonies from a bloody war. Instead, they crossed a point of no return. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the failed peace negotiations between three founding fathers and Admiral Lord Richard Howe, commander of the King's Navy. Let's go back to Staten Island on the morning of September 11th, 1776. As the sun peaked over the horizon, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and Edmund Rutledge of South Carolina left the shores of Manhattan, sailing to the British stronghold across the Upper Bay. Just two weeks prior, the same waters had run red with blood. The Battle of Brooklyn, as it was known, had been just won in a long line of skirmishes with the Royal Army. General George Washington had faced off against his former comrade, General William Howe. It had been a devastating defeat for the colonists. The British were better trained, better funded, and far more skilled in the art of war. The Continental Army was outmatched two to one. Britain was certain that the colonies would soon be crushed. Benjamin Franklin knew the odds all too well. He steeled himself for the upcoming negotiation as they docked at Staten Island. They were set to meet with Admiral Lord Richard Howe, General Howe's brother. Of course, Admiral Howe had no interest in colonial independence. He was only willing to discuss peace if the Continental Congress would revoke the Declaration of Independence. Of course, Admiral Howe had no interest in colonial independence. He was only willing to discuss peace if the Continental Congress would revoke the Declaration of Independence. The situation was not lost on the Founding Fathers. When they signed the Declaration, they joked that someday they'd all hang for it. Benjamin Franklin had personally done everything in his power to avoid war. He'd spent the past 10 years in London working as a joint postmaster general of the colonies for the Crown. He had loved his job. He loved being a British citizen. So much so that in 1772, he had devised a plan to de-escalate tension between the colonies and the crown. At the time, Boston was under martial law in response to public protests against British taxation. Unfortunately, this extreme reaction had only sparked further discussions of independence across the eastern seaboard. But in London, Franklin had anonymously received letters written by Massachusetts Governor Thomas Hutchinson. The message grossly exaggerated the protests and asked King George for military intervention. At the time, Franklin was sure that if he could show this letter to revolutionaries in Boston, they could use it to neutralize hostilities between the colonies and Great Britain. His cohorts printed it in local newspapers and called for Hutchinson's removal. But instead of using this letter as a scapegoat, 
Parliament feigned outrage. They called the publishers ingrates and scoundrels. They summoned Franklin to a public hearing and humiliated him. Then they relieved him of his post. It was only then that Franklin realized they wanted to go to war with the colonies. As Franklin left his hearing, he made the courtesans a promise. I will make your master a little king for this. Shortly after his dismissal, Franklin met Admiral Lord Howe for the first time. On Christmas Day in 1774, he'd spent the evening at Howe's London home. Despite the mounting tension between their nations, the men put personal differences aside and enjoyed a holiday meal. Now they once again sat across from each other, wine in hand, attempting to be cordial. But this time, they couldn't put politics aside. Hundreds of men lay dead in Brooklyn. If the war continued, countless more would join them. For three hours, they negotiated the possibility of peace. But King George had the most imposing military in the world and felt no need to compromise with rebels. To avoid war, Howe told Franklin the colonies would have to be subject to British rule and taxation. To Franklin, the terms were untenable, a decision Howe seemed to respect. Adams, Rutledge, and Franklin understood the gravity of their decision. The colonies hadn't stood a chance thus far and likely wouldn't in the end. But Benjamin Franklin reasoned, there are things in life worth fighting for. And besides, he had made Parliament a promise. He fully intended to keep it. Coming up, the realities of revolution. Hi, listeners. Here's a series I think you're really going to like. We all know that medical professionals are trained to give exceptional care. But what about those who use their skills not to heal, but hurt? In the new podcast series, Medical Murders, you'll discover a disturbing diagnosis that not every doctor wants to extend your life. Every Wednesday, Medical Murders introduces you to the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives, but instead used their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. Join host Alastair Murden as he examines the formative years and motives of history's most infamous killers. Dissecting their medical backgrounds with expert analysis and professional insight provided by practicing MD, Dr. David Kipper. You'll investigate a wide range of heinous healthcare workers, like the general practitioner believed to be the most prolific serial killer in modern history, or the dentist who led a double life as a hitman, or even the doctor and gang member who mixed deadly potions for unhappy housewives to use on their husbands. When it comes to these true crime stories, the only thing the doctor ordered is murder. Follow Medical Murders free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. On September 11th, 1776, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and Edmund Rutledge met with Admiral Richard Howe to negotiate peace between the American colonies and the British Empire. American independence felt doomed from the start. 
But for some, that only made its inception more romantic. John Adams would later describe the signing of the Declaration as perhaps a singular example in the history of mankind. Thirteen clocks had been made to strike together, a perfection of mechanism which no artist had ever before effected. His idealism was soon met with the brutal realities of war. Exactly one year to the day after Adams, Rutledge, and Franklin met with Admiral Howe, George Washington once again met General Howe on the battlefield. The Battle of Brandywine was the largest battle of the Revolutionary War. General Howe's 18,000 men could have easily bested Washington's 11,000 rebels. Washington ordered his men to flee. But while this saved countless lives, it allowed General Howe to take Philadelphia, which his troops would occupy for more than a year. As autumn turned to winter, Things only got worse for the Continental Army. A lack of supplies left American troops hungry and underclothed. Thousands of soldiers froze to death. Typhoid and dysentery ravaged their camps, killing those who hadn't died of frost. In an effort to better outfit their troops, Congress issued its own currency, the Continental Dollar. But soaring inflation soon made it worthless. Many of the recruits who survived were forced to return home and find work to feed their families. Benjamin Franklin was sent to Paris to plead for French aid. For months, he took covert meetings with French diplomats who were hesitant to commit. Then, in September of 1777, the tide began to turn. On their way to take Albany, New York, British troops encountered the Continental Army at an abandoned farm in Saratoga, New York. A bitter battle ensued. The British sent for reinforcements, but while they waited, thousands of American troops joined the fray. On October 7th, the British were forced to retreat. Inclement weather slowed their progress, and the American troops were in hot pursuit picking off redcoats as they fled. Within two days, they had the British surrounded, forcing them to surrender. News of the victory at Saratoga made waves in Europe. It legitimized the American campaign. Soon, France, Spain, and the Netherlands began to lend their support to the American army, a crucial turning point. By 1778, the American Rebellion had become an international war, with Britain playing defense on all sides. The Battle of Yorktown in 1781 sealed Britain's fate. Against all odds, a volunteer army defeated the most formidable military in the world. The American Revolution was won because of the tireless individuals who fought for a world they wanted to see. This feels especially pertinent today, as America remembers those it lost 19 years ago and honors the first responders who showed unparalleled courage that day. America's story is one of dogged perseverance. We were never supposed to win, and yet we persist.
Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you're fascinated by history, check out our show, Famous Fates, where we take weekly deep dives into the most fascinating figures in history. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Aaron Lan, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Killer nurses, deranged doctors, mad scientists. Don't forget to check out the new ParCast original series, Medical Murders. Every Wednesday, meet the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives, but instead use their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. Follow Medical Murders free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.